When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who I hope has better friends than Theo does, Ryan Nelson. Justin, after last week's House of Dragon episode, full of rape and incest, it was a nice change of pace to get back to old-fashioned racism, <laughs> xenophobia, and daddy issues in Middle Earth. Yes, it's always good to return to just those 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 nice and easy breezy topics when yes. when we get away just from old-fashioned racism. That's right, just get old-fashioned racism. That's it's so much easier than incest. <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we we got a lot going on with both of these shows that we're watching to say the least. So, uh, if you have been listening to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the fourth episode of prime videos the rings of power titled the great wave if you are new or a regular and like more access to the show visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show and plus yesterday if you're as you're listening to this or maybe monday i'm not really sure when we're going to release this one but on monday of this week we released a sneak peek into that so if you're just if you are curious and you want to know what our patron episodes are kind of like you can go over to uh, check out monday's episode and you can check out what those are like we did one on our most joyous moments in movies and television history and we also have a note from one of our patrons telling us why they are patrons that so we appreciate nate stewart coming in for us he wrote this for us he says i'm a patron for the main attraction for a lot of reasons the easiest reason to explain is because it's a great show Justin and Ryan also have a knack for interesting and usually accurate predictions. I think he's giving us a little more credit there. Yeah, he's giving us way too much credit. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. I tend to use movies and shows as a form of escapism and enjoy just watching without theorizing or trying to figure out any deeper meaning. I can let these guys do that for me. Plus, they are very accessible, and that makes this show feel more like a community. I do have a warning, though. If you follow them on Twitter, be ready for the algorithm to start feeding you a lot of Mississippi Bulldogs tweets as a suggestion based on who you follow. So, so yeah, we, we both Sorry, have a, yeah, yeah, we both have a lot of uh, Mississippi State related uh, uh, followers and things like that. Look, I spent I spent eight years before doing this covering uh, Mississippi State, blogging about them, podcasting about them. So then, and that's kind of one of the reasons for it. Well, and then two of my best friends, one is yes. in the media, and the other one owns the biggest Mississippi State message message board, board so. out there. So, <laughs> so that's that's one reason why you get all that. So that's uh, that's kind of where all that is coming from. So, but hey, you know, a lot of those people are good people. So I'm not going uh, to like I said, yeah. a lot of good people. So I'm not going to not going to. Uh, tell you that what following them like hey rob hadway he's great in movie movies and good television dude. Good he, dude. He, if we go follow him he'll have a lot, a lot of uh movies and television t- uh stuff for you so all right let's go ahead and get into this real quick so we are talking about the fourth episode of the rings of power we are at the halfway point of both shows that we are covering uh house of the dragon uh-huh. yeah house of the dragon is a 10 episode season and we're halfway through it after episode five we are now halfway through this because this is an eight episode season so let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. Let's get general thoughts. What were you coming? What were you thinking coming out of this episode? I love this episode. This might be my favorite one. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It was really good. Really good. Every every storyline delivered. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, um, you know, Galadriel might be the worst storyline. Yeah, she might be. Her storyline. Yeah, because be. because of just how rude she is and you know, just stubborn, mm. but the rest of them, man, they were, they were so good. I really, really loved that. We got, uh, the dwarfs back, mm. uh, and then the, uh, Elrond and Durin scenes yeah, are good. just incredible. And then Dace, princess Disa. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. She killed it. This episode. Mm-hmm, she did. And 
just incredible. And then a Ron Deere, that punk Theo, remember I talked <laughs> yeah, about him? Yeah, he was great. Uh, yeah. I, I, he was great. He's still punk, but, but yeah, He's I mean, still punk, yeah. Oh, uh, when he, we'll talk about it when, when, when he does his stealth moves, and he has a smirk. I was like, "You punk!" <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the thing with me. Uh, this episode, I, I, I felt I feel kind of bad uh, after our first few shows talking about this because I should have known better. This episode convinced me and after listening to other people talk about it on podcast and after reading a few things it convinced me that i had completely the wrong approach in this show because for the past 18 years ever since the show lost came out whenever because that show started the mystery box show it's it was the start of this idea where if we don't come out and tell you something then we're hiding something we're trying to surprise you with something we're trying to set up this mystery for you to figure out and I've had 18 years of television to condition me into this, but I had forgotten that that is not what Tolkien does. That is not what Peter Jackson did in Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, I'll just keep it to the movies, but I could go into the books as well. But in the movies and in the books, they're basically telling you from the beginning of those films and those books that... Frodo is going to get to Mount Doom, and when he gets there, he's not going to be able to throw the ring in because the ring is just so, so it's, people are drawn to it so much, and they have the, and it corrupts people so much that he's not going to be able to do it. And it's going to take, it's going to take, uh, what's his name, the the weird Hobbit, uh, oh crap, oh uh, Pippin? No, not Pippin. The one that, uh, crap, what is his name? The one that they like tries to they fights with frodo what is his name all of a sudden i can't remember his name uh he fights with frodo at the end and they end up falling he falls in crap uh i cannot remember his name all of a sudden i had it right before we started this little thing well, why don't you look it up and i'll i'll, I'll comment on this okay go ahead. well you got to remember though this is amazon's game of thrones it they is. are trying to build a six to seven season show so they're only going to give you small morsels. Right. They're, they're not going to give you, you know, what you're wanting. And they're also trying to get people that maybe didn't watch the movies and haven't read the books. So, yeah, you, you've got to think of it as it, as so much different. Well, okay, but let me go. Okay, it's Gollum. That's what I couldn't think of. I don't know why I couldn't oh, think of Gollum. Oh, Gollum. I didn't even think. Yeah, it's Gollum. Uh, he, but my they precious. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I can't figure out why I can't get well, that if you on. said my precious, I would have Yeah, my precious. I, that's I, true. I was <laughs> thinking of Pippin and or Sam. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, and Gollum's going to take it because they, they are, I, I see what you're saying because this is their rings. This is their house of dragon the problem the problem with that is the people who make this series who are making this they have way too much respect for for tolkien and that's not what tolkien did and so when they are when they are like showing us something they're not giving us red herrings they're not doing that they are trying to do what what tolkien did they are trying to lead you to where they are actually going they're trying to show you they're trying to give you those hints that way when you see it you can kind of appreciate the moment because like with like in lord of the rings you had the moment where uh it starts off like at the at the prologue when isildur gets up to mount doom he can't throw the ring in when he gets to when Bilbo, when Gandalf is trying to get the ring from Bilbo, he won't give it up until until Gandalf shows his true power. The ring constantly corrupts Frodo throughout the course of the thing. Uh, we know that Gollum's going to be involved in this because when we first meet Gollum, when Frodo first sees him in the Mines of Moria, Gandalf says he's going to have a part in this. So he leaves breadcrumbs along the way showing you, like he's basically telling you what's going to happen before it actually happens. And so instead of this being a mystery box show, because like I said, there's been a lot of people who have been talking about this and I've heard a lot of people and I've read a lot that people are some, coming to the same conclusion. So a lot of these things that we've been talking about, you know, like who is, who is Sauron? Who is, uh, who is the stranger? We've been talking about those things, but it's not that they're giving us red hairs. They are basically telling us Sauron is Halbrand. Sauron is going to be Halbrand when this all plays out. Uh, it's, there's just, especially in this, I'm not going to go into specifics about the book, there's a lot in this one, though, that goes into that 
if it's not Sauron, they they are really betraying the source material at that point, and that would be a, that would be a serious misstep if they do that. Uh, okay. So, like, this is this is not it's not going to be a mystery box show. Like I said, it will be a little bit of a mystery if you haven't been watching, if you haven't, if you're not just real familiar with the source material. But they've done a lot of things up until this point. So let's look at, like for Halbron. Let's look at him real quick. First thing we see him do is he's on that raft and he like separates himself from the rest of his people yeah. that he's stranded with. That's a pretty despicable thing to do just to yeah, save your right, own butt. Right, right. Uh, when they get to when they get to uh, Numenor, he wants immediately to be a smith. Uh, when he's approached by these people, when he steals that sigil or whatever it is, the 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 guild mark, when he steals it. He gruesomely breaks that one guy's arm. And let's just talk about in this one, for example. There's some other things in this episode. I'm not going to go into specifics because it kind of does give away. It'll give away some things that are going to happen later on. But in this episode, when he says, when he's talking to Galadriel, and after Galadriel has been thrown into prison, he's talking to her and he is saying, okay, so what happened? What Why did all this take? What happened? And She's telling her, you know, I, I approached the queen and I got on her nerves because I said I wanted to raise up an army and fight in the Southlands. And he, and he says to her, but that's not what set her off. How does he know? How does he know yeah. that set her off? He wasn't there, but and he's 100% correct. That wasn't the moment that set her off. So, like I said, this is what Tolkien did. And after, like I said, when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah. Because there's a few other things, like I said, I'm not going to get into those because those might spoil what's going to happen later on in the show. That's not what – That's the people who make this show, they are too – they respect the work of Tolkien too much to try to set up something that is comp- that he would not appreciate. Because if he were, they were uh-huh. going to set this thing where we're going to like show you something but go a different direction, Tolkien hated that, and he he didn't put it in his writing. He wanted the readers, he wanted his readers to come to the conclusion that he wanted them to feel that. Because when you get to that moment at the end you really kind of it's like like when i read the books originally way back 20 years ago i i when i saw that frodo was wasn't going to throw it in and i saw Gollum was going to have to be the one that when they fight and they basically throw each other into the 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 volcano there was a moment like this is what we've been getting to and it makes complete sense based off of everything else he's been writing and he wants people to be rewarded for buying into the storytelling and like i said so i think that's that's the difference in this that's they want to be on. They want to honor him, and I think that's one of the things that they're they're trying to do in the show. So, uh, okay. it's but it's it's a fantastic. Like I said, I love this episode the most because this one yeah. I make this realization. But there's a lot of really good stuff going on. I mean, the the performances in this episode are fantastic. The oh yeah the the visuals we talked uh, we talked exceedingly about the visuals in this, and they are just absolutely fantastic as well. So let's yeah. just kind of let's go ahead and get into some specifics real quick. So let's go ahead and start with Numenor because that's where a lot of this takes place. Uh, but we start with this vision of the Great Wave, which is where the name of the episode comes from. This is important because. If you haven't read anything about Tolkien, Tolkien has this recurring nightmare from the time, moment from when he was a child about this wave that would like come and like crush the, the places he lived. I mean, a lot of people have this. You know, I have a recurring nightmare about snakes. I don't know. Whenever I have a nightmare, there's a snake involved somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is his, and he even assigns this great wave nightmare to Faramir in the books. I don't remember them actually talking about it in the show anywhere, but he Faramir has the same thing in his. So it's an important part to him. So for this to show up, it's a pretty important thing as well. So uh, what did you think about this opening scene when you see this big, huge wave crash into Numenor? And uh, did you think that there was any possibility it was real or did you assume it was a vision? Well, at first I was like, holy cow, yeah, they're I know. taking her, this out already? And then we see it's a vision. And then my first thought was, well, George R. R. Martin sure did rip this off. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, but the, George R. R. Martin, I mean, it's he got his inspiration from, from yeah, a lot yeah. of this. I mean, that's yeah. where, I mean, any fantasy writer after Tolkien, I mean, they get their inspiration from right. him. I mean. But it's, it is, and I, it, just because they're being, they're going on at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just such an interesting thing that they both have this vision mm-hmm. of someone seeing like a bad future. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming in. It's very interesting, but yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was very interesting. And as it's go, as 
the vision kept happening and as um as um Galadriel saw it as well. Uh I, can I make a guess what it is? Sure. I think it's racism that tears that uh city apart. Okay. I, I'm not gonna comment on it one way or another because if I tell you then oh. that ends up telling you what happens. But okay. So I don't want to go into that, but uh, but yeah, and I think I don't, I don't think it is a spoiler because if you've seen the Lord of the Rings, you know that Numenor gets destroyed. I mean, that's just yeah. part of it. So uh, this is something that's going to play out. It's going we're going to see this eventually. Assuming that they, like I said, they they have done a really good job of keeping to the source material. I mean, there are some things that they're having to compress, and I've seen some, the people who have kind of uh, who have kind of like. Uh, brushed back at all the stuff I was talking about, how they're really just pointing this, that the, all the evidence is pointing out towards Halvern being Sauron. They, they've pointed out some things that there are some things that have been left out. It's because you're taking a story that takes place over thousands of years and you're having to compress yeah. it into at most like three or four years. And right. that's, that's kind of the issue. Uh, well, let, me, let me tell you why I think that. So Farazan, who was fantastic. Mm, he is. Uh, just, just, just like his look you're like when he when you see him you're like this guy's gonna be a snake oh yeah he is <laughs> yeah and so you know he tells that guild right we're not we don't want these dwarves here you know and the elves we don't want them right mm-hmm. no no they won't be here and then like you know uh the queen changes her mind mm-hmm. and then he's supporting her right and so now and then she you know he's out there and then she tells that guild and they look pissed right native yeah so yeah so that's why i thought there's gonna be something with that like i said i want to confirm it or deny just because uh, it will it will give away something's going to happen later on but hey nate put this down as a potential for me Yeah, put that down for for, for for Ryan. So, uh, but yeah, but speaking of this, speaking of Farazon, so the moment that we kind of get past this this wave crashing, we we get into this scene where you have uh, I can't I, I forgot to write the guy's name down. The guy who basically Hallbron beats up in the second episode or was it third episode? I don't remember which episode oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. back and he's he's kind of starting the xenophobic. I mean, it is really like going into so much of the issues of of today, where you know, yeah. like these elves are going to steal our jobs and all this type of stuff. I, I will say this: I was reading some stuff. They do have to be careful with this. One. That, they do. Yeah, you're right. They because do because. Elves, which I'm for immigration. I'm just going to say this because I don't want to sound racist. Right. Exactly. I'm for immigration. You want to why the service industry sucks right now? We haven't had immigrants yeah, for 30 right. years. Yeah, no, you're, uh, you're correct. Anyway, this is a totally different situation. This is why they have to be careful yeah. to not make this today because the elves are immortal. Yeah, that's and true. they don't mm-hmm. sleep. They don't sleep. They don't so, yeah. This isn't a you know a, a level playing. No, it's not. It's not. You're right. But like I said, but they are trying to draw some parallels there. They are, but I, I do think they that could backfire. Oh yeah, it's not the same situation. Right. But they are and looking. I just want to say, yeah. I'm for immigration. I want to throw that out there because that could sound racist. No, no, no yeah, we, we don't want anybody to think that. But yeah, they, I mean, they're they're they are coming off as very xenophobic, very racist. I mean, literally racist because these are actual different races of of beings. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, yeah. uh, it's it's racist from like the actual truest sense of the word but you're right Farazan is i mean he look he's looking very much like a snake in the grass his own son when he's talking to i can never pronounce the girl's name arian arian i can't remember i can't remember how they pronounce her name but because it's a little bit different than the way it's spelled but when he's talking to her so yet and his his son's name is kimmon uh kimmon and and her are talking and he's doing that speech and he's like telling the people that and he's ends there at the end with no elves shall take the helm of of Numenor uh you know he tells his he tells her he says you know there's not a person in town there's not a person in the city that he doesn't know he knows their name and he says she says oh it's impressive he says I kind of find it infuriating I mean it's 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 that whole idea well you're you're forgetting the best part when he says drinks on drinks on me women With, with like wine and beer come out of nowhere. They come out of nowhere and they've got the drinks. Like, yeah, exactly. Like he had that whole set up. Oh like, yeah, yeah. You you yeah. know he did. Uh huh. Yeah. You, you know he absolutely had that set up. So like I said, they're they're looking really bad. And Farazan is, you know, he's capitalizing on this. He he's a politician, yeah. and that's what yeah. politicians do when they see a moment. They're going to they're going to capitalize on. I just want to say again, 
I love his look. The hair. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. That, mm. with, the, with that streak of gray. It kind of reminds me. Oh, you don't watch Better Call Saul, never mind. Uh, Lalo Salamanca has a like, gray streak right. like that. There's just something about a guy that looks cool with the gray streak. You're like, don't trust him. Yeah, you know what? He, he kind of looks like he, he kind of looks like Royce, uh, Sir Royce from House of the Dragon that uh, yeah, was yeah, from the Valley. Yeah. They kind of look, they yeah. kind of look yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is where, but after with this, we get Galadriel, and you kind of, you kind of hinted at this a little bit. She's a hothead. I mean, she's yeah. a hothead. She's stubborn, which is what I like about this. And one of the things that I really enjoy about this is Morfid Clark is doing a, she's taking a very different approach, but it is a, it is a source material accurate performance, but it is such a different approach than the, uh, than the Galadriel we got in the Lord of the Rings movies. Now, look, we did have the moments where Kate Blanchett, you know, like turns kind of like this monster when she's, when Frodo possibly says, I will give you the ring. But outside of that, though, she's a pretty calm, serene, she's right. pretty calm and serene. She's not in this, and she is just so hot-headed, and she is so stubborn, and she just won't let things go, and she gets herself thrown in jail as a result. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, like, you know, the first episode, she's tough, but she's still kind of likable. Right. But she's gotten worse every episode. So now, like, you're thinking, well, she kind of sucked from the beginning, if you really think yeah. about it. And this is uh, this is another reason why, because this is what Hall Brown is starting to do. He's manipulating her, and yeah, yeah. that's what. And I think that's the reason why we see this is he is he is manipulating her. And this is another. This is more evidence that they are trying to point us towards that this is going to be this is going to be Sauron, as uh, because he is just doing the cunning, uh, you know, shifty stuff that that you would expect. Because this is what Sauron does. I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of it in the in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, but in when you go actually like you like skim through those appendices and you get the story of Sauron. This is what he did. I mean, he just he manipulated people until he got his power completely back, and that's how he that's what he ended up doing. I mean, the 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 opening scene of in the prologue is basically them explaining that Sauron tricks everybody with all those rings, and he has his own ring that mm -hmm. rules over everything. So it's like I said, it's the breadcrumbs that they're just kind of leaving along the way. So, uh, but let's go ahead and talk about Hallbrand a little bit more because this is the. Like I said, there's there's some other things that I'm not going to mention that really point towards this. But Hallbrand, he's fascinating. I love Hallbrand. Uh, yeah. Like I said, and uh, it's going to suck when I think he turns to Sauron. But uh, he is just, you know, he is this character that has just got so many things going on, and you can see it when he talks. Mm -hmm. And this actor's really good. Yeah, uh, let's, uh, I, I Charles, hope he becomes uh, Charlie Vickers. Yeah, he's he's really really good. I'm glad. You know, when, you, when you're like Charlie Vickers, who's been waiting on your shot, mm -hmm. well, he got it, and he's nailing it. Yes, he is. He's 100% like, nailing it. Smooth. You know, you, you can't keep you take your eyes off on where he's on the screen. Yeah. And, and you're wondering, what's he about to do? What's he going to do next? Yes, because he's stuck in a jail cell for most of this until yeah. the very end. Uh, but he's stuck in a jail cell, but he still is just, his performance is actually captivating. And the, the moment he tells, when he is talking to to Gladriel and he tells her, uh, I had it written down, uh, when he tells her, you do well to identify what is that your opponent most fears. Uh, and she says, uh, so I can exploit it. And he, he says, no, uh, give them a means of mastering it so that you can master them. I'm like, so are you, this is what you're doing right now? Are, are you trying to exploit yeah. Galadriel at this point? Because uh, it really feels that way. Because he is, he has, the moment since they met, they have had these conversations. She has talked about what has driven her. She has talked about what it is that she is trying to do, what she's trying to accomplish. And he is learning a lot about her, <laughs> and he could easily yeah. use it against her. So, uh, like I said, just I love Halbrand. I've like I said, it's going to suck when I'm Sauron, but he's just fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, but then again, like I said, we get uh, Ieran. I, I can't pronounce her name. I'll, I'll get it yeah. right eventually. But I, th I think you're right. I think that's how I heard it, Ieran. Uh, but she and Kevin, they, they don't have a lot to do in this, but I do kind of feel like the show is setting up that yeah. they're going to have something else to do later on. I, I was going to say, because this is the first episode Kimmin is on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and like you know, she has a much bigger part this episode, and they kept showing them multiple yeah, times, mm-hmm. you know, flirting, and they have their little date. So yeah, I I actually wrote that down. It's like, why are they showing them over and over? What what is this going to? What yeah, is this because, leading to? Because they, they they don't do much in this. I mean, we just kind of yeah. see them like they're establishing a well, little bit of a relationship. Aren't they both ri- written for TV. Yes, they are. They are both written for yeah. television characters. You are correct. So, but it feels like they're going to have something to do later on that plays a bigger yeah. impact. And like I said, I don't know what that's going to be but they feel like that's that's the road they're taking us down so uh but we do get a reason we do get some answers though about why men hate elves so much and especially why muriel is so terrified by the arrival of of galadriel and the answer is basically that she's had this vision and we get the vision at the beginning of, of the great wave coming and destroying numenor and her vision in her vision, we don't see this part, but basically it is triggered by the arrival of an elf, and here's Galadriel, and so yeah. this is what is terrifying her, is that this means that doom is imminent for Numenor because there's an elf here. What I think is going to happen, so this is a prediction though, because this isn't, they don't really address, like they don't specifically address this in the, in, in the text. What I think is going to happen is, we're actually going to see that part of the vision when she sees an elf show up and we'll, we'll see Galadriel, but she's because she's so focused on elf, because that's the thing that's out of place in the vision. She doesn't focus on the man that's there and that's Hallbrand. And that's actually uh, the trigger is, is yeah. Hallbrand being there. So, uh, like I said, I could be wrong about that because that is just a prediction, but, uh, cause they don't really specific, they don't specify that. They don't say that in the text, but I think that's, I think that's what's going to end up being the case. So, uh, but, uh, we also, you know, we, another sign is there's a Palantir. There's that little orb there. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Yeah, we so we finally get another one of those, and they say that there are seven of them. We've only seen two of them throughout the course of, of Lord of the Rings at all. Uh, so we got this one, and then we had the one that Saruman was using in the trilogy. I don't know if they're the same one or not. I have no idea, but we're getting that again, and that's when Galadriel puts her hand on it, and she experiences the she experiences the same vision that Muriel has been experiencing. Like I said, and it, like I said, if we finally get getting answers really helps this show. It really does yeah, uh, because yeah. you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, and getting those answers really well, helps. Well, we also find out that they kind of hint that it's a Wizard of Oz situation that her dad's pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. And it, no, it's not her dad's about to die. Her dad's about to die, yeah. And that's another interesting moment because the reason why that's so fascinating is Galadriel gets. You know they come. They're coming to take her, and they're going to take her back to the elves. And she basically gets the drop on on the guards. And Farazon goes to draw his sword, and he and basically Halbron says, "Don't do it," and because he knows that Farazon, he's a politician. He's not going to be able to fight Gladiator. Yeah. That's just not yeah, going to happen. Yeah. But the next part is the part that again catches your attention because after Gladriel has left, Faraz, uh, Halbron tells Farazon you don't have to guess if you know where she's going. So he's basically getting the ear affairs on. And that's when Muriel meets her up in that tower because they knew where she was going. And that's like I said, it's, it's just Halbron, you know, kind of playing both sides. I'm, I'm sitting there talking to Gladriel, but I'm also getting the ear, uh, affairs on. And the next time we see Halbron, he's not in jail. He's wandering around the streets at the end of the episode. Yeah. So yeah. he, he has done something that kind of makes me think that's this moment where he gives the information to, to Farazon has bought him his freedom in Numenor. I, maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's what it really felt like. So, uh, but what's interesting about this in, in scene is Galadriel, they're getting ready to send Galadriel away. They have, they, they need, Muriel has said, you know, I've got to get rid of you. If I get rid of you, all this will go away. And the moment they are sending her back on the ship, these petals from the trees starts to fall Uh. and that's a bad sign and it kind of again we're talking about how house the dragon and uh this show are so similar because those the the targaryens so rely so much on dreams and signs and that guides them more so than what they have right in front of them the moment that everybody sees these petals falling from this tree it stops them and this basically makes Muriel do a 180. I don't think this was a soul just real well in the, in the, in the show, 
because like all of a sudden she's on the boat she's going to the uh, to the big ship and then the next yeah. thing we know she walks out and i was like did, did was that a dream what was going on there but no it's just her changing her mind and they like i said well i i thought they did a decent job because i noticed the pedals were also in the dream right mm-hmm. so when she sees that she's thinking okay this leads to the pedals yeah so i mean the- i guess i it felt I couldn't tell if like when they were putting her on the ship if that was a dream like I said because I got you I got you that just didn't make a lot of sense why is she on the boat now all of a sudden she's not on the boat that yeah, yeah. that was the part that really kind of confused me for a minute it was uh, and once I watched it a second time I was like okay there it's it's probably just not really good editing at that point yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, the, the good of the show is as much money is it still can't be perfect so yeah, uh, no. But yeah, like I said, so like it, it just goes in that whole thing. Like it's just fascinating to watch these shows at the same time. And I was really surprised that Amazon decided to go up against House of the Dragon, but they're holding their own. <laughs> I'll give them credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look, I think House of the Dragon has a better story in terms of just just drawing you in, but having that more mature element to it just it, it's going to it's going to draw adults in a lot easier i think and i could be wrong about that but uh but i i think this is just so well done i mean it may be this may be a better made show even though the other one may be a a more intriguing show well you have to be a little depraved to really enjoy yeah this is true (laughs) you're correct about that so count me in yeah you kind of do you could be be pure yeah you can and you can enjoy this with your kids you can't enjoy the other one with your kids no do not let your children watch Alpha Dragon. No, not at all. Not at all. So, uh, but like I said, so that kind of wraps up the Numenor story. And this takes us to, let's go ahead and head off to, to Arondir. Uh, we finally meet Adar. We, we haven't seen him. This is, Adar is Elvish for father. And I, I was wondering, we talked about this at the end of, well, we talked about this when we were discussing this last week. Why are they blurring out Adar as he's walking towards us? And the reason they're blurring it out is because they don't want to reveal until this moment that he's an elf. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I don't know if he's like supposed to be like a dark elf or he's just a corrupted elf. But them calling him father makes sense because if they don't do a good job explaining this in The Lord of the Rings, orcs are corrupted elves. And so it makes me think that he is the one who is like breeding them or something that they don't really explain this in this scene, but they're calling him father and it being an elf that is compiling these orcs. If they are corrupted elves, it makes sense. Like I said, I don't really know how they're going with this. And he's, he's a, created he's a television show created character so they've got some they, they can play with this i'm yeah. really interested what they do with it well let me just shout out joseph molly yes fantastic job and the man was only on six episodes of game of thrones yes, he was. like when i see him i was like oh it's benjamin stark <laughs> it is it's benjamin stark it's <laughs> just crazy but um i did notice something he looks a lot like the stranger yeah he kind of does yeah mm-hmm. they have a similar build their hair yeah mm-hmm. i just throwing that out there yeah that's true but I, it, it, but it'd be I, kind of i thought he was i thought uh i thought adar was really good especially the line i am not a god not, not yet a- yes that was a fantastic line it was just fantastic uh you know it was great because he's like he is he's giving a little humanity to the works uh mm-hmm. he, because like he's sitting there talking to ron deer he's talking to him in elvish and there, you know, he's telling me about, you know, I, I know this river that you were born next to. I, I remember it vividly. And like I said, he's given a little bit of humanity to the elves, to the orcs, excuse me. And, you know, that moment where he is just sad because that orc is dying and you yeah. can see the sadness and, you know, just the, he like releases him, but he kills him. He just releases him from he, that he pain. Comforts him. Yeah, he comforts him, but yeah. he kills him just because he wants to release him, not because he's mad at him, because he wants to release him yeah. from, from the pain that he was experiencing. And like I said, give this the orcs humanity, which is something that the Lord of the Rings trilogy never did. I mean, the orcs were never yeah. there, there was nothing redeeming about them uh, in that trilogy. But it was really I, I enjoyed this scene a lot because he's not in it a lot, but he is in it. What he's where he is in it, he's his performance is great. And uh, Joseph Mahler, Molly, however you pronounce his name, good stuff. I can't wait to see more from him. Yeah, and of course he tells Arondir, go back to your yes. people and tell them. They better give in to me, or or else. Yeah, and what's so? Here's the here's another thing that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me at this point. So he tells them to go back and to warn them, but 
as he's going back to, like the orchard chasing him. So I was like, okay, I know, I know. Right, okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I guess maybe because they were chasing Theo. I don't know. Maybe they can yeah. justify it that way. But uh, but Arondir, you know, kudos to him. Uh, let me look up the guy who plays him because I had forgotten because he's it's, really it's good. Ismael Cruz Cordo- Cordova. Look, Fantastic. He, yes, he, he is. He he doesn't he. He has some limited screen time, but when he's on screen, he's absolutely electric. And, and he is a action star. Yes, he is. He's going to be... Ah, look, I hate to say because the original Lord of the Rings, the people who they expected to take off just really didn't. But there are some people who have the, who have the potential to really capitalize. Yeah. Uh, you've got him. And look, to all those people who are doing the racist crap to him, you can F off. Uh, yes, Absolutely. And Morphid Clark is going. I think she's going to be a star. Yeah. I think uh, I just said his name. Uh, the guy who plays Hallbrand, Charlie Vickers. Yeah. They are killing it. I mean, these guys are setting themselves well, up for. I would say Robert uh, Aramayo. Aramayo, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He, he's he's doing this fantastic job as well. So, uh, wasn't Carl Urban in the Lord of the Rings? Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he had had yeah probably it, the best. Yeah, there was. There's a few. Uh, the person who played Aowen, uh she's had a pretty good career as well. I cannot remember who played Aowen though, off the top of my head. And then let me look her up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what's interesting is like some of the people who like played a little bit of the smaller roles, they end up kind of having the the big takeoff. It's not the people, you know. It's not the. It's not Legolas played by uh, Orlando Bloom, even though they tried their best to make him yeah, a star. They have sure tried. Yeah, but it's some of the other people. Like I said, uh, Carl Urban, you mentioned him. Uh, Miranda Otto was uh, Eowyn. Uh, she's, oh, yeah, she's had a great career. Yeah, she's had a great career. Uh, I thought there was somebody else, but I'm not finding Well, I mean, Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean Bean. Uh, he was. He ends up having a pretty solid career. Uh, you know, he got the he got the role of Ned Stark, which you know everybody was thinking, oh man, this is gonna be a great character. Now he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, like I said, there are some really good performances by these people. And like these people are for the most part unknown. I mean, I I yeah. didn't know except for the only person I knew coming into this show was Rob Aramayo, just because he was yeah. young Ned Stark. So, but just great stuff from all these people. And uh, and Arondir is he's right there with them. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying what we've gotten from him. Yeah, I was going to say when Theo was being chased. I was like, Arondir's just going to show up. You could just feel yeah, you that could he feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and he did, and he was awesome. That scene where he stops an arrow yes, and and then throws it back, that was awesome. Yeah, that kind of goes – go ahead. And shout out to Arondir. He's like, Theo, you go ahead. I'm going to fight. Right. And then, like, Bronwyn shows up. He's like, never mind. Never I'm come hot mom here. <laughs> hot mom. I got to go with hot mom. But, yeah, that was, uh, the, you know, that whole scene where he does grab the arrow. I wish everything else before that would have been in, in like, regular motion. They they kind of yeah. do, they kind of overdo the slow motion stuff. But that yeah. moment where he grabs the arrow, that kind of goes back to what I was talking about when we started covering the show, you know, with Legolas you know, walking on top of the snow and yeah. he, they show his elf eyes in, uh, the two towers, which we get another scene of that with, with Elrond later on in this, in the yeah, same episode. Yeah. It's, it goes back to this whole thing that elves are just different. They, they got this special thing. I mean, they're basically divine beings that don't have the divinity is what they basically are. Uh, they have, they're immortal and they've given up their divinity, but they don't, the uh, like I said, it's the elves are just so fascinating for a lot of things that they can do. So, uh, every time you say immortal, I, I think of the Highlander. Thing. <laughs> I am immortal. <laughs> yeah, a little slightly different, slightly different in this yeah. context, but uh, but yeah, Arondir is just really good. Like I said, I the moment when they emerge from that forest and they go out and the sun is coming up the, the cinematography there is just is just fantastic yes. the way they're yeah. catching the sunlight as it's coming down as cuz it's coming out the fog and the mist that's kind of like starting to to, to evaporate it's just so very very well, good and shout out to the the cinematographer because we can tell Theo is fighting at night and unlike the last season of Game of Thrones, we can see what's going That's on. That's right. We can actually see what's going on because uh, as much as I love the, the, the battle of uh, for Winterfell at the end, of yeah. uh, it, it's, it was hard to follow a lot of times. Well, I thought Jamie Lannister was killed about three times. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it, like I said, it, kudos to these guys because they are actually, they understand the lighting aspect of this whole thing and they're, yeah. they're, they're getting correct. But Theo does reemerge in this. So, we get Theo yeah. back. We... we 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 did kind of miss his his 
uh, his little torpid self, but he does have an interesting arc in this one because I don't know what to make of Theo. He's another book. He's another show created character, and I don't know exactly how to make of this. He has the hilt, and he like he does this thing where he like actually punctures himself because he knows it'll make the blade grow when he mm-hmm. comes across that that orc in the tavern. So he can get it longer, and that, like I said, that's just a really kind of cool thing to do. It's a smart thing to do, but yeah. I feel bad for him because his friend, who is sitting out there, like the moment the sun starts to like, get yeah, covered up, he rolling. just takes off. That guy sucks. Yeah, he does. And when he gets back, they're like, "Where's the?" I'm like, "Oh, he was right behind me. Uh, I don't know where he went." Liar, you ran. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but like I said, Theo, he shows some resourcefulness. He shows some bravery. Uh, Stealth. Stealth. Uh, he's got some things going on, but he's really attached to this uh, this hilt that obviously belonged to Sauron at one point or another. Yeah. And so, like I said, I don't really know where they're going with it. I don't know how they're playing this out because at the very end of the episode, you have him with this conversation with the old man, Waldrick. Yeah, so Waldrick. I can't remember the guy's name. Thank you for saying that. So that guy was scary looking. Yeah, he was, and then he just has this scary speech where, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I don't remember what all he went into, but he's basically saying, you know, I've got the same mark. I've done the same thing. We're marked by Sauron. Do you remember? Do you know his name? And again, here's another breadcrumb. So we've been talking about the stranger. We don't get the strangers or the Harfoot and uh, the Harfoots in this one. But he says, you saw it. You saw it. And they're talking about the Starfall. In the books, in the Lord, the in the original text, the reason that the wizards are sent is because they are sent to help stop Sauron. So this is another thing that is making me th- that it just continues to point. If it's not Gandalf, it's got to be at least one of the wizards. Like I said, I, I can't definitively point to this being Gandalf, but it does really continue to hint at the fact that this is one of those five wizards that was. Uh, because the reason why they are sent to by the gods is because they want to provide significant help to the people of middle earth to fight Sauron once he kind of reestablishes himself. And it's interesting again, as soon as in the very next episode after the Starfall, we meet Holbron. So he's right yeah. there. So like I said, it all kind of lines up. So, yeah. and then Waldred ends the episode with like, conserve your energy you're yes. gonna need it yeah like i said it's he just was creepy i mean yeah, he was he just was. super creepy very creepy uh but uh we do have bronwyn let's talk about her because i haven't talked about her yet she's so awesome she is she's really good uh i don't know what role she's going to play because again these are all these are all show created characters but bronwyn has become she's kind of become the de facto leader i mean she's the one who convinced them to leave and she's now kind of the leader like I said, I, I like her. Uh, I don't know exactly what all they're doing with her, but she is really good. I've enjoyed what I, I like her. I like her outfit too. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. Very mm-hmm. attractive outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me find who plays her. I had it up. That is uh, Nazanin Boniati. Yeah, I guess I'm pronouncing it correctly. Good. Yeah, uh, it's kind of thing. But uh, as much as I like having all these new people being introduced, uh, you know, you just change them to see a whole lot of new people when not, when they have a weird name. I don't know how to pronounce it, so yeah, we're, we're yeah. just kind of doing the best we can. So, uh, but yeah, it's like I said, we get Bronwyn back, getting Arondir back, uh, even getting Theo, even though he's still a bit of a punk. Yeah. Uh, he's it, it was a nice change of pace because a lot of these characters are so upstanding and upright. It's nice to have that kind of. Mm-hmm. sleazeballish i mean i don't really like i really don't know what they're doing with with the i'll be interested to see how they go down that road i want him to have an arc if they're going to make him if they're going to make him a a villain i'd really like to see him be good for a little while before they'd make him a villain just so he yeah. has a little bit of an arc there but uh i really don't well, know did you, did you see the other thing and i, I saw this mention they filmed the pilot and then a year later they filmed yes so he had like with seven inches. Yeah, I was once. I meant to mention that because he is visibly taller in this episode. Yeah. I'm, I was like, okay, like, yeah, he grew, and I was like, how did that happen? And then I heard, I heard somebody else explain. I think it was on uh, the Ringer with uh, Mal and uh, Joanna. They talked about you know there was a COVID pause, and when they had this COVID pause, he grew. So uh, it makes you know you you do what you can. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but they're just kind of like brushing it off, which is fine with me. I mean, there's not a whole yeah. lot you can do about it. Yeah. so uh all right so let's let's take this to the my my favorite part of the episode and that takes us to the dwarves yeah, same, the, same. the dwarves and elrond are fantastic i mean they are just they are yeah. just wonderful so we get this initial scene when we finally get El- elrond back they have started on they have started on the forge uh Celebrimbor is you know 
he's happy that the forge is making progress, but there's something bothering him. Elrond picks up on it, and he tells Elrond, it feels like that your friend is keeping something from me. I don't know what it is, but it just feels like that he's not being completely honest with me. So Elrond's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then let me go see if I can figure out what it is. And Elrond goes into his political ways, and he starts investigating, and kudos to him. He figures it out. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. but we get him back at, we get him back at the uh, Casa Dune, and he is talking with Disa, who is just phenomenal in this episode. She's, really, really good. I mean, I love her. Uh, I don't have her actor's name down. Who plays Disa? Uh, let me go back to IMDb real quick. I have a bunch of them written down, but I don't have everybody yeah, written down. I have her written down. Oh, Sophia Namvedi. Okay, so she's she's just really good. Sophie Namvedi. Sophie Namvedi. Okay, you know, I thought I had her pulled up. I can't find her right now. But she's she's just really good. I mean, she's she her singing. Wow. Yeah, that was that was just powerful. I mean, when she is calling out to the rocks to try to save these people that are the, the doors that were in the mine, uh, just powerful stuff. But before that, we get her trying to help out her husband by lying to Elrond about what he's doing. And you can tell Elrond is not buying it and she knows he's yeah. not buying it. Uh, yeah. and she's trying to like put on this whole thing. Well, you're kind of insulting me by calling me a liar in my own home. And he just keeps, what was her line? Something like, uh, something about gravy. Yeah. I don't remember what it was either, but yeah, you're right. The dwarf woman is, is like insulting her grave or something like that. Yeah. I, like yeah. I, said, I don't remember either, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was funny. I mean, there, there's, there's some, they are going back and forth with each other and it was just fun to watch those two, to, to interact. And you know, he's, she's doing her best to try to like get him off the trail and he, he's just not buying it. So he kind of goes into, he goes into stealth mode and he's way off on this bridge and he uses his elf vision to read their lips. I don't, I couldn't tell if he could actually hear them, but he's definitely reading. Yeah, it kind of looked like he, it kind of like he was hearing them though yeah it kind of did. so i think they because i think they do have like special hearing when they want to and you know he figures out this is where Duran's going so i'm going to follow him down there and he does and he, he figures out this little game that his kids play is the password yeah. to get into the mine elrond is just like i said he he's crafty uh to say the he least he is very crafty i have to say his ears are a lot bigger than everyone else's yeah they kind of are they kind of and part yeah. of it i think though is because he doesn't have the long hair yet that long hair really makes uh, okay because like morphe clark you hardly ever see her ears because she has that right, long hair that right. covers them up uh but and even adar they barely he had to move his hair so mm-hmm. you could see it and around here his ears kind of look big because he has yeah, short hair too yeah. so uh so like i said i think it's the hair that makes them look a lot bigger than what they actually are but once he gets the long hair which i don't know if they'll give him the long hair in this one or not not, but uh, I, eventually he gets it so but yeah like i said i just love the scene between the the interaction between them is just fantastic he goes down there and you know he's talking to duran duran is like i caught you i knew it you're sin here you're spying on us and Elrond's just like, what, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're, what you're, what you're doing down here. And Duran's not having it. And he's like, just tell me if it's so great. Why, why we're friends? So why are we keeping these secrets between each other? And that's when Elrond, and, well, Duran makes him swear on the rock. Uh, and so they do, and they introduce Mithril, which is introduced in Fellowship of the Rings. It's the, sh- it's the shirt that. Frodo wears throughout the course of the entire trilogy. Uh, it saves him when they get attacked by the cave troll in the first Fellowship of the Ring. It's this it's this mythical ore that doesn't really exist. People are wondering, does Mithril exist? No, it does not. <laughs> it is not real. Uh, but it's it's just if you've ever played a, like a, a fantasy role playing game, Mithril is always through it. It's just this legendary element that is so light but so sturdy and so strong. It, and it, like I said, it, the problem with it is it's dangerous to mine. And there again, they're pointing us towards what's going to eventually happen is the mines are going to the earth is basically going to fight back on them, and it's going to cause some problems later on. Yeah, you could you could sense, and especially since he swore that he wouldn't tell him yes and then we know that uh that uh what is his yeah yeah we know that he's gonna find out at some point yeah he's gonna find out at some point they even put that in like the preview for the for the next yeah. one so uh like i said i'll be interested to see how that plays out i'm wondering if like he just finds it like he leaves it out and kelvin board just happens and comes across i don't yeah. really believe elrond would like betray him i, I truly no do. i don't think so either i don't think so either. i think he's just gonna find the material i think 
And I, I thought they had a good, uh, that this is why I talked about daddy issues in my intro. I thought they had a good conversation yes. about, you know, Duran's uh, issues with his father. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is kind of a, a revolving theme throughout the course of this entire episode. Yeah. You've got, you know, Muriel who is like mm-hmm. bucking against her father because her father trusts the elves and she doesn't trust them because she has this vision. And the she has this vision about the elves coming and despite what her father has told her, she, she won't trust them. She doesn't want to believe that they're actually good for this very reason you've got elrond who has the daddy issues uh who obviously which is i love what he says about this you know uh, the whole idea that you know i want to please him i don't feel like i have i don't i feel like i've disappointed him throughout any course but you know it doesn't matter even if even if i were to be able to have a moment with him and i would tell him these things that i've done and disappointed him i would still just love to have that moment with him uh, right right just fantastic from him duran obviously has his own father issues uh yeah. because he thinks he's a disappointment to him uh what kevin keeman yeah Ke- kevin has some issues with his dad uh Isildur? yeah Isildur. oh we even talked about this door we need to go back and yeah. get him so we'll get him in just a second because i need to, we need to talk about this Isildur. uh but lots of lots of parental things you know listening to your parents taking their advice understanding what you know trying to please them how all this stuff works together like i said it seems to be kind of a thing throughout the course of the entire episode so uh yeah but yeah let's finish talking about them then we need to go back and get a silver because i think some of the stuff that happens in that is pretty important so um but but as they're talking, you know, this is when the mind collapses. And there was, I think they said there were three or four doors that were still down there. Yeah. That's when we get the powerful scene with Disa just singing. And what's great wow. is you hear her singing, but you don't realize that's her because they don't, they don't start yeah, with that. Yeah. And when they bleed into that, you know, you're just like, oh, wow, that's her. That's her doing that. And that she's just fantastic. Incredible. Uh, what an incredible actress. Yeah. And like I said, I was just really taken aback by that because it was just so powerful and so moving. You know, like, I don't know what yeah. she was saying. Elrond doesn't even know, but he was moved right. by it as well. Uh, just really good stuff. But during, obviously, so when, when during the fourth, I think is I think the younger one is the fourth, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, that's correct. During the fourth goes during the third to talk to him. And during the third, you know, tells him, you know, there's nothing to forgive. Uh, there's, we're fine. You know, you are my son. I'm proud of you. I love you. But he also is still very skeptical of Celebrimbor and Elrond. Uh, and he's yeah. like, he's like, what do your senses tell you? What does your gut tell you about this? And, and during the younger Duran says, you know, I think there's, I think there, there's something more going on than what they're revealing to us. And the older Duran's like, good. I'm glad that we're on the same page. So he sends him to, he sends him to Eric. I can't remember the name of that city, but the, where Celebrimbor is, where they're actually doing the forge. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't know where they're going to go with that, but obviously it's going to continue with this forge being made. So let's go back to Isildur because I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because I've forgotten about Isildur. So Isildur, he had told us basically in the previous episode that he wants to go to the West because this is like he believes yeah. his brother is supposedly there. We don't know a whole lot about his brother, but his brother seems to be a disappointment to his father. Yeah. Uh, and when they're on this trial on the ships, he purposely screws up because yeah. he doesn't want to be one of the seniors he hearing his, his name. Yes. He keeps hearing something in, in his name. He hears his name. He hears these voices whispering to him. And he keeps looking to the West. And as he's doing that, he decides, you know what? I don't want to be here. This isn't what I want to do. So I'm going to purposely screw up. And he does, but it has an unintended consequence that it gets him and his friends kicked off the boat. And yeah. that's a problem. They ain't happy. No, they're not. Uh, the one, I don't remember what they get that one guy's name was, but he was super mad. Yes, he was. And they, they pointed this out on the Ringverse podcast with Joe and uh, Mal in, on the deep bath. It wouldn't surprise me if they go down this road. You know, maybe that one guy, maybe the, he becomes one of these ring race because he is so, ah. it is so apparent that he wants to become something more than he is. Yeah. And the reason, yeah. go ahead. And it, like you said, he he points out, I had to work for this. Mm-hmm. You did. Right. And so he's like, and he wants to become something more than he is. He, and this is the reason that these guys take, take the rings of power is because they want power. They are, they are, they are seeking yeah. out power. And so they're going to be the, he feels like an obvious mark to go after uh, this guy who wants to make a difference. He wants to have an impact and hasn't had the means to do so. So it, it, that, I think that's a pretty good 
I think that's a pretty good guess on their part. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they end up going down. But yeah, Asildor, like I said, he he obviously there's obviously something going on with his, his mother too. Like I said, we haven't heard about we they talked about his mother, yeah. but we don't know a whole lot about her. So I'll be interested to see what they go down with that road as well. All right, um, I'm looking at my notes, and I think we have covered everything. Is there anything else yeah, that you want to cover? Uh, no, I think I think we did good. Uh, real quick, obviously we haven't talked much about it, but the Harfoots and the Stranger—they're not in this episode. We talked a little bit about this last week. There's this is just a big expansive story that covers thousands of years that they're compressing. They're going to leave some things out, so we don't get the Harfoots. Uh, I didn't really miss them, <laughs> but I did miss yeah, the Stranger. I agree. Uh, well, they're they're shown in the scenes for next week. Yeah, so, so they will be back. They will I be agree. back. I, I did I did miss them. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I did miss the Stranger because I want to know more about that. Yeah, I like him. I like him. I, I want to see what goes on with i want to know how that plays out like i said like i said they are pointing continuously that this is going to be gandalf and like if it's not gandalf it's gotta be one of the wizards because again i don't really believe that they are doing the mystery they want i think they really want to honor tolkien they want to leave us these breadcrumbs to show us show us what they're trying to tell us so all right so let's get into the let's get into our weekly awards Uh, our first award is the Tyrion lannister the mvp for this week who is your Tyrion lannister for the fourth episode of the rings of power so i don't think we gave this person their flowers enough and that is cynthia day robinson as queen muriel yes good she Mm -hmm. was fantastic she had the hardest part this episode with trying to hide from mm-hmm. right hide her father and then just what's going on with the visions she, she really was just incredible this episode yeah you're so right I, I'm, I'm giving it to her i went ahead and went with rob arameo as elrond i i just enjoyed mm-hmm. him uh, I did him and Darren Saints are just incredible. Yeah, they really are. They're they're those those guys have some really My good. My favorite on, part, yeah. of the whole show. Yeah, they got some really good on on scene chemistry. I, I really in on screen chemistry. I really have enjoyed yeah. what they've been doing. Uh, next is our Agatha all along the best scene of the week. What's your best scene for this week? So I'm going with where uh, Galadriel sneaks out and uh, goes to the tower. Muriel's the tower and then we get where they show her uh the, the vision yeah what i end up going with it i kind of went into i went with the scene where arondir bronwyn and theo they emerge from the woods and then the transition into the scene with elrond and Durin discussing discussing mithril in the mind that's the one I, like i said those working those really work together for some reason for me i, I really liked yeah. all those working together i don't really know why but like, yeah. like i said it just i like the transition i like the cinematography i just like everything that they were doing in that one so uh that was my act all along uh the if you come at the king you best not miss what's your best line for this week you there oh, i think we have some technical difficulties can you hear me yeah we, we yeah i can hear you now okay I, I you. <laughs> that's right uh so we go back to it. uh the if you come at the king you best not miss what's your best line for this week if we have a character say, I'm not a god, not yet, that's going to be it every time for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Like it was, I, I was going between that one or the one I ended up going with, and I already mentioned it earlier. It is the line from Hall, Brian, when he's talking to, to Galadriel, where he says, you do well to identify what it is that your opponent most fears, and Galadriel says, so that I can, so that I can exploit it. And he says, no, give them a means of mastering it so that you can master them, because I, I could not help but think that's exactly what Hall, Brian was doing to collateral i like said yeah. so like I said, to me it's one of those two uh it, you take your pick i like them both so yeah. uh all right so our rating we have a five-tier rating system here on the main attraction podcast at the top of our list is a game of thrones underneath the game of thrones is a lost beneath uh right in the middle of the road for us is a friends beneath friends is a full house and at the bottom of the barrel is baywatch we have both been at lost for so far for the rings of power are you staying there are you going up are you going down where are you going uh, I'm staying at a loss. This is my favorite episode, but I, I still think we got a long way to go. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, it's still a loss for me, and I think this is kind of the issue for both shows, and I think we're going to probably start to, to pick things up a little bit. A lot of talking about doing things, a lot of talking about things that we're going yeah. to do, but they still haven't quite done those things yet. Yeah. Uh, I think they, we need to start seeing a little bit more, a little bit more, 
action behind our words uh, in both these shows that we're covering right now. And right. I mean, even though I, look house dragon, we had a lot of action at the very end of the last one, but still, you still have a lot of people just still discussing, you know, I mean, like the biggest thing was, you know, wearing a green dress. I mean, where's the actual war that's being signified by the green dress. So, uh, but this one, you know, just, you know, them actually getting on the boats going actually to middle earth. I think things are going to, we're still going to start seeing, you know, people putting action behind their words in these next few episodes as we have hit the halfway point for both of them. So it would make sense. Yeah. If that was the case. So, all right, before we sign off, we do like to do things that we look forward to each week. So what's something that you are looking forward to, uh, this coming up. So I've got two things. First, I, well. I recommended Cobra Kai season five. Well, they haven't approved season six yet. Oh, really? But Sony approved a Karate Kid movie in the original universe. Oh, really? So does this lead to a movie in two years? Maybe. Or is there going to be another season? So we don't we don't know what's going on. So it will be interesting to see. If you want to know why Cobra Kai is such a big hit, the fact that the, it's owned by Sony. Yeah, both, it is. Mm-hmm. Both the, if the fact that they think, hey, we could put this out as a movie tells mm-hmm. you this is doing a huge number. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You're, you're so right. So it will be interesting to see uh, what what happens with that. So, uh, like I said, they haven't. You would think because like Cobra Kai season five was one of the biggest. They put out numbers. It was right. like one of the biggest shows of all time for them. So you would think that it would be an automatic, and they haven't announced it. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. My second thing. Do you remember in the spring where they rushed all those shows out mm-hmm. so they would hit the Emmy uh, mark, right. the Emmy deadline? Guess how many awards those shows got? Not very many. One. What was Gene it? Gene Smart. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. For Hacks. The mm-hmm. only one. All those shows, no one else won an award. Yeah. So we rushed all those shows <laughs> yeah you're right all together i still haven't called up on something yeah i haven't either only one award that is crazy yeah uh, hopefully they learn their lesson that you could spread this out especially since one of the biggest hits was white lotus that came out august of last yeah. year and then squid game came out in september mm-hmm. so it's like hey you don't have to rush this stuff so Maybe they learned a lesson. One more thing about the Emmys that I think is going to be interesting. Ted Lasso and Abbott Elementary cleaned up. They did. They did. They cleaned up. These are heartwarming comedies. Mm -hmm. Are we about to see a resurgence of this? I think so. Especially with Abbott Elementary doing so well. And it's on, you know, regular. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard it's fantastic. Uh, so I plan on it at some point, although season two has 22 episodes. Yeah, like, that's the yeah. thing that's holding me back is just going to, it's going to be one of those 22, 23 episode the, things. I think the first, I think the first season has 13 right. or 10, but, but anyway, it'll be interesting to see if they move to more shows like that. Yeah. I'll be interested if that's the case as well, because it's, it's clear that those really resonated with people and it's really yeah. clear that the, you know, those are, I mean, people are still waiting for a, a Ted Lasso season three announcement because it, yeah. it's coming. We just don't know when it's coming. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the Emmys are so, the Emmys are so interesting because unlike the Academy Awards, the Oscars, the Oscars are typically won by people, by films and performances that most people don't actually go watch. Uh, But the Emmys, that's not necessarily the case. The Emmys are typically won by people that we actually have, that people watch and they're very popular shows. So like I said, the Emmys kind of always, they intrigue me a lot more for that very reason. Well, and then also you see all the copycats. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Like Modern Family, one forever and then there were a bunch of shows like Modern yeah there were there were a whole bunch know, like it none of them made it well know, i mean so, modern uh, family kind of just picked up on what the office and parks and rec were doing right mm-hmm. right exactly and so you know you see like breaking bad was huge and then here comes ozark and breaking all these ozark, other shows mm-hmm, right yeah, so. Yeah. It's interesting how there's a bunch of rip-off shows. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up going like we get a bunch of heartwarming things. Look, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'd rather have that and a bunch of Damon Lindelof. I can't tell what the heck's going on. <laughs> True. Look, I, I, I like those. I, I, I like yeah, all I of it. Uh, I, I do like a mix, though. I don't want to have nothing yeah. but, but heartwarming or nothing right. but but yeah, just I'm weird, a- strange puzzle stuff. So you'd be a mix. But, but you're yeah. right. You get a lot of copycat stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
right, so two things I'm looking forward to. Obviously, one is coming up on Wednesday and or starts this Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, we will eventually be covering it. we got to get through these first two. Uh, by the time we get done covering uh, the Rings of Power, I think it's going to be about halfway through and or. The early reactions, because they're releasing three episodes at once on Wednesday. Uh, the early reactions I've heard, the first two episodes are painfully slow, but the third and fourth episode are just breathtaking so like i said uh that's the early reactions i haven't seen any actual reviews but that's if you go through and like like do a search on twitter or something like that you'll see that's kind of what people are saying is that the first two episodes are really really slow they're really they're really kind of building the universe in those first two episodes but the third and fourth episode they really pay it off so uh the trailers i don't know if you've seen the trailers for andor they look fantastic. i saw i saw one of them i know they look it looks fantastic yeah it does it uh which does. i was not expecting like i was not expecting to be excited about an andor show to be perfectly honest with yeah. you but uh here i am and you know what i am i'm i'm excited about an andor show uh i'm also excited look i suggested a while back that you should watch sea hulk and a binge uh and i still suggest that but if you have been watching it week to week then might as well go ahead and finish watching it week to week but they finally are they hinted at that we might get daredevil finally because they they've shown them uh. the, they show him in the trailer uh and so but they do something at the end of this episode that kind of makes you think that we're finally going to get him because that's kind of one of the reasons i've been watching the show I'm like well when's daredevil yeah. showing up i want to see charlie cox uh but uh they finally give us that and the other thing that i'm a cautiously optimistic that's actually starting right now and i don't know if i want to dive into it because it's an it's an nbc show that's the reboot of quantum leap uh yeah yeah like i said i mean it's gonna be i'm sure it's gonna be like a 22 23 episode right. thing because it's an nbc show but i love the original quantum leap it was one of my favorite shows growing up oh, it was a great show and like i said i'm cautiously optimistic because i just love that i love the i love the premise loved everything about it but like I said, but there's that whole NBC. It's going to end up being 20 yeah. episodes or whatever. And I'm like, can I really do that anymore? Because I don't seem to have the attention span for it anymore like I once did. So. Well, what what sucks is Scott Bakula is tied up in another show and can't be on it. Yeah, I know. Uh, so what is the show is he on? I'm not sure. It's like one of the, it's the NCIS or something like that. NCIS New Orleans. Well, he was. I think that ended. I, did so it? I, think, okay. he's on, I think he's on a new show. Okay. At, that happened to be coming on at the same time. Well, that's things. Yeah, you would you would hope they could get him into it somehow or another. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure that he's going to make a, a cameo at some point. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine that. It's got to happen. So because it would be really sad if it didn't. So. It would be. All right. Uh, I guess that just about wraps us up, then, doesn't it? That yeah, I think so. All right. Well, we are going to sign off with that. So, uh, anything else that you want to add before we head off? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. And speaking of next time, uh, we will still be covering House of the Dragon, and we will still be covering Lord of the Rings. However, Ryan's about to go on a trip, so he's going. To, he's actually going to be gone the entire weekend. Uh, we couldn't arrange it for us to record about either one of those. So Blake's going to be joining us again this coming weekend. He will be subbing in for Ryan, so we'll be discussing both of those shows with him next weekend. We appreciate him doing that. So. Uh, all right. Other than that, though, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.